It's 11 a.m. on Friday, and you know what that means. You're listening to TNT in the mornings on Weagle 91.1 FM. I'm your host, Harrison Tarr. And I'm Thomas Lynn Murphy. Lock in and join us in talking all things sports from the Plains and around the SEC every Friday at 11 a.m. right here on Weagle 91.1 FM. It's a busy week here in Auburn, Alabama. We've got playoff soccer. We've got men's and women's basketball back in action. Auburn football wants to get back in the win column, and we've got a lot going on around the SEC. Oh, and did I mention Cam Newton's a Panther again? Make sure you don't go anywhere. Be right back with you right here on TNT in the morning. All right, welcome back, welcome back. Happy Friday. My name is Harrison Tarr, joined as always by my good friend Thomas Lynn Murphy. You're welcome back to TNT in the morning. It is a beautiful Friday morning, mid-afternoon, mid-morning, whatever you guys want to call it. And Here in Auburn, Alabama, we are coming to you live from our studio here in the Melton Center Student Center. That is easy for me to say on campus here at Auburn University. Beautiful weather, expecting more of it this weekend, but before we get into anything else, we are joined again, once again, I should say, by our good friend, Mr. Cole Johnson. Cole, welcome back to the show, man. Hello, hello, how's it going? Good, good. You excited to be back? Absolutely. Well, we are- the first time. Yes, good. Well, we're glad. Um, You've had, being a resident of Athens, Georgia, you've had some fun um, since we've seen you, since Mm -hmm. since you've seen you last, because uh, the dog's been on a tear. We're going to get there. We're going to talk dogs in the last block of the show. Um, but I'd love for you just to jump in on a whole bunch of things. Before we get going, I want to go ahead and send out a big happy birthday, if this is okay for you, Thomas Lynn. I, I think I know you're going to uh, talk about oh, I forgot I didn't update the schedule, uh, the rundown before I sent it to you. I want to send out a big happy birthday to Delaney Barrow, yes. um, Thomas Lynn and I's boss, um, long-term right. good friend of mine, and now ESPN employee. Yep, heading to Bristol, Connecticut in just a couple weeks. So wanted to go ahead and throw a big happy 22nd birthday to, Del- to Delaney Barrow. And that's all the time we have for birthdays today because <laughs> good m- night. We've got a lot going on this week, guys. So first off, first and foremost, I teased it in the top of the top of the hour. This is Auburn News and this is relevant. Cam Newton is a Carolina Panther again. I know it's kind of shocking. I never did think after they got rid of him the – first stint that they'd ever bring him back but he is back and right before we got on air I I told you Harrison that I was scrolling through the Panthers Instagram feed and like their last 10 posts and just the past 24 hours it's all Cam Newton yes and I couldn't be more happy yes uh Cole I know that you are you know you're from Atlanta much much like myself Falcons fan thoughts on Cam Newton returning to Carolina uh man well they have to they had to find a quarterback both Darnold started to struggle again. It brought in P.J. Walker. And Darnold's hurt. Darnold's hurt, yeah. But, uh, man, I don't know if any any of the three quarterbacks they have between are any good anymore. Between right. P.J. Walker and Cam. You, uh, Cam could maybe find some kind of resurgence under, like, Matt Rule, but. And Joe Brady. Oh, Joe Brady, of course. He'll, they'll, have a good, they'll figure out a good offensive scheme for him. He just got to execute better than he has the last couple seasons. Well, the see, I'm with you. I'm with you. I'm with both of you guys. I don't personally think that at the beginning of the year there were 32 quarterbacks better than Cam Newton. I agree. Um, but that's another conversation for another time because we have got so much to talk about today. The gist of it is Auburn fans, congratulations. You can pull the Cam Newton Carolina Panthers jerseys back out of the closets. You can wear it again. It's not awkward. Cam is once again in Carolina. Things have come full circle. So does this mean I can't put on my Cam Newton Patriots jersey that I bought and 
Do you have one? I, I I do have one. I did buy one the day that he signed with the Patriots. Do I regret it? Maybe so. I'm yeah. speechless, right? We got to talk basketball because I can't even look at you right now. <laughs> <Good Lord. laughs> okay. Actually, before we get to basketball, um, do you have the soccer pulled up in front of you right now, Thomas Lynn? I do not, okay. but I then do we'll, know that they were announced a four seed in the NCAA four seed tournament. NCAA tournament. tournament starts tonight. I believe it's 5 o'clock Central Time. Kickoff, uh, first round of the NCAA tournament against Sam, familiar foe, Samford. Yes. Um, Auburn took care of Samford earlier on this season. I believe, don't quote me on this, I don't believe it was particularly close. Give me like five seconds, and I'll have that pulled up for you on the schedule. But I did want to mention, I believe, and I'm I'm I'm, I'm confident saying this in the past uh, since 2000, Thomas Lynn, this is the 17th tournament birth. Yes, 17th 17th tournament, tournament birth, birth, and I think it's their the fourth top yep. five seed, right? Top 16, top seed. six seed, 16, excuse me. So it's like, top 16 yeah. seed since 2000. So Auburn soccer. Never a question, never a doubt. This program is headed in the right direction at all times. It's staying at a high, very high level. Yeah, they last faced Sanford on August nineteenth, so we're looking at several, several months ago. So right. a lot has changed between now and then, but they did defeat Sanford on the road at Sanford with a final of two to one. Okay, okay, so not not the blowout that I thought it was, but still very exciting stuff. If you are trying to find something to do in Auburn, Alabama tonight, you got a lot of options <laughs> um, because. Soccer kicks off at 5 p.m. Central. If you were in town last night, you could have gone to the women's basketball game, um, which we're going to talk about here in just one moment. But tonight, immediately after, I guess not after, it probably won't be over yet. But theoretically, you could go to soccer and men's basketball tonight if you wanted to. Yes, you can. Which leads me to my next point, Thomas Lynn Murphy. And, and Cole, I know that you, you can just join in on the general excitement. Ladies and gentlemen of the sports world, Thank goodness college basketball is back. Here's one thing I will say about that, and you know me, I'm one of the biggest basketball fans out there. It's my favorite sport. I'm one of those guys that I kind of wish they didn't start college basketball till after, say, like the regular season finished in college football. Really? But the thing is, and I talked to Jake Gonzalez, who joined us last week on the show, is – it's technically still not really basketball season. It's kind of like the preseason of it because it's it's no, it's it's non-conference play. It's, well, it's non-conference, but like the first couple of weeks of non-conference is against smaller schools that you should just beat down on. Well, to prepare. be careful with what you're about to, what you say right now because we're about to, to move over to another Auburn athletics uh, Auburn sport. Yeah, and non-conference play. Yeah, but. I'm I'm excited Auburn uh not not just Auburn but obviously excited Auburn basketball is back. College basketball is far superior to the NBA Cole, by the way. Yeah, oh, absolutely. And light years. We got Duke and Kentucky on opening night this year. That's awesome. I always, I always love the you know the blue blood programs opening up against each other. Yes. It, and the way college basketball does with their non-conference, they always have the special like the Kentucky Dukes, the Michigan State. Yes. All of them playing Michigan State's Kansas, all those schools that play They've always played each other first game of the season. It's always a lot of fun. It is. It is a lot of fun to see, like you said, blue bloods and and just up and up and coming programs, um, like high caliber programs playing each other at the beginning of the year. It's also a lot of fun for uh, local fan bases to watch their teams take down non conference opponents, hand, like you know, handedly. That did not happen last night for Auburn women's basketball. 
They played host to Georgia Southern. The Eagles of Georgia Southern have colonized home state. Cole's dad is an alumni of Georgia Southern. <laughs> Fun fact for you. He might be listening right now. He I may believe. be listening. If so, so. Denny, I hope, you, I hope you're having a great day. We did just talk. We are going to talk about your alma mater for just one moment here. Auburn fell 66-68 to to the Georgia Southern Eagles and coach Johnny Harris's regular season debut. Um, Thomas Lynn, I'm going to make a couple points. I don't want to spend too long on this because I know we want to talk pens soon. Uh, but I do want to say there's a couple things we learned here. One, the the team is not – this Auburn team is not going to give up. They have a lot of fight in them. They're going to compete a lot. They're going to wind up on losing ends of the battle a lot. Um, and, but that, that's to be expected. We knew this was going to happen. Clock management was horrific It was at the end of the game. There was a, a lot of just head-scratching offensive decisions. Um, I could not figure out for the life of me why you're down by you're down by three, you get fouled under the bucket, and then you make your first free throw and you try to make the second one with three seconds left. Clock, uh, clock management was horrific. Yeah, clock management was tough, especially Georgia Southern's like last possession when they were they were up to and they were just trying to hold the ball and run the clock down, and Auburn just let them wind the clock down and wasn't going to foul. And finally, they fouled with just like a little bit of time left. And it also fouled out their best player, Saniah Wells. So I was about to say, uh, I'm going to go on the Saniah tangent real quick whenever you're done. Go ahead, and I'll let you finish your thought. No, no, that's about it. But, like, it fouled her out, and then you basically screwed yourself because you didn't leave much time on the clock to, well, you had three seconds to – you end up making both free throws, and then because you only have three seconds, you then have to throw up a full court shot after you foul them once. Literally, more. yeah. If you foul them earlier, you give yourself say ten seconds, and you're able to actually dribble the ball up because they had no timeouts. Exactly. Uh, I did want to talk. You mentioned Sanaya Wells for a second. Man, Auburn did have a, a bright spot, career high for Sanaya Wells, uh, guard out of where's Sanaya from? If you can give me thirty seconds, I can tell you. But she, she dropped 19 last night. Yes, uh, junior guard out of Moss Point, Mississippi. That's right. I looked. I literally looked that up last night. But dropped 19, like you said, eventually fouled out at the end of the fourth. But that was, I mean, Coach uh, Coach Jay last night was pretty all but saying this was the best game of her career. Huge piece for her. Honestly, Scott Grayson's got to pick it up. Um, we, ha- we have to see some consistency because we're expecting her to be a, you know, anywhere between 15 and 20. 22, 23-point kind of kind of night-in, night-out kind of basis. Right. Um, they have no identity in the paint right now. That'll come. That'll, that'll get there. Yeah. Ball handling is a problem. Yeah, um, they tallied 22 turnovers. There's 43 turnovers combined. But it's kind of what you expect in a season opener yeah, game. Yeah, also there's, it, with a grain of salt, right? Right, yeah. I mean, also for this team, how I look at them going about this season is progression and how they progress throughout the entire year. Because Johnny Harris is going to have that program doing very well Rocking in the next and rolling. years. I was about to, I was about to hit that pivot before we go over to men's counterpoint. Fans of Auburn women's basketball, top twenty recruiting class in her first year on the Plains. It's impressive. Johnny Harris, I'm going to go ahead and say it, Thomas Lynn. Let's hear it. Johnny Harris is going to turn this program a complete 180. I agree. And this is going to Auburn if they can hold on to Harris. Is, is going to wind up being a, one of the premier programs, I think, in the SEC. I, I think that it'll always be, you know, South Carolina, Kentucky, sure, yes, obviously. 
UGA's typically, oh, not UGA, excuse me, UT's typically very good. Florida. I think that Auburn could, can get to the point with Coach Jay at the helm. I think that Auburn will be at the point where they are competing night in, night out with those programs. Yep. And one of the biggest things Johnny Harris is doing that former coaches have not, especially in women's basketball, is she's endorsing her team like no other. Literally. Just like Bruce Pearl does in men's basketball. Literally. And everybody is uh, backing her 100%. And you saw it last night. There was actually there was a pretty good crowd for the first game of the season for the women's basketball. A great team. crowd for the first game. That's the best crowd I've seen since I've been working women's basketball. And to your point, well, you just mentioned Bruce. You mentioned men's. So let's go ahead and pivot. That's cool. Yeah. Auburn basketball opened up its season with a 77-54 win over Moorhead State uh, in Auburn Arena on Tuesday night. I was there. Uh, Thomas, I don't believe you worked, correct? Yeah, I was working at so Whip, so we I was to, not in the arena, but I was working. Cole, did you get to check out any Auburn basketball early, earlier this week? Uh, nope. That's fair. Nope. <laughs> did you watch any Georgia basketball this week? I, I will not watch that sorry team. <laughs> mm. imagine, it not, imagine not being uh, located – Imagine your podcast not being located in the heart of a basketball school. Could not be us. Yeah, no, but I do appreciate the transfer players. Yeah, thanks for KD. Yeah, yeah. So I appreciate that. <laughs> Speaking of the transfers, that's a great way to start. Um, we've got a couple minutes. Thomas Lynn, give us the rundown on apparently this Wendell Green Jr. kid and Walker Kessler and maybe Katie Johnson. Maybe these kids are okay. Hey, I got a text from uh, my cousin last night saying, uh, Wendell Green reminds me of Jared Harper. Honestly, Pretty decent comparison. Oh, I was thinking the same thing. Pulling from the logo, small size, yep. good handles. Led the team in points with 19, three assists, five rebounds for him. Uh, shot eight for 17. Uh, another transfer, Katie Johnson from Georgia. He didn't shoot the ball well, shot five of 14. He had 12 points, though, second on the team. And then the big man, Walker Kessler, the former five-star UNC transfer, had what, – what was it? They don't have his name on here, but he had six points. And a game leading five blocks, he was a menace. Menace the under the under the bucket, and just you you can't score on him. Nope. And Seven especially more. you have Jabari Smith down there with him too. Uh, there's so much length in the paint, and Auburn size this year is going to play a big factor to other teams. Oh, absolutely. We're talking Auburn basketball. You're hanging out right here on Weagle 91.1 FM with a uh, the TNT in the morning crew, Harrison Tarr, Thomas Lynn Murphy, and our good friend Cole Johnson. Cole, we're going to bring the people back here in two minutes. We're going to talk some Auburn football, and I'm going to give you the opportunity to op open it up about your hometown dogs. Don't go anywhere. If you're listening back home, give us a shout on TNT in the morning. we got another fun seasonal segment coming up for you guys a little later in the show, so don't go anywhere. Stay locked in right here on Weagle 91.1 FM. What up, what up? Happy Friday. Welcome back to TNT in the morning right here on Weagle 91.1 FM. Happy to have you. Always love to have our Fans is such a stretch, but I'm going to call you guys fans anyways. Always happy to have you along for the ride here on TNT in the morning. We were just talking a little bit before the break, Thomas Lynn Murphy, about Auburn basketball. I just want to put a nice little ribbon on this, like I mentioned, because we need to get into football. A little bit of a game to talk about this past weekend. Yes. Yeah. But narrator, uh, I, I went, we talked last week, I believe, about the ceiling and floor. Yeah. I'm, going, I'm, I'm going to raise my ceiling to a national championship contending team. Okay. What was it, Final Four? I said Final Four, so I, I would. I, it's not that different. Like no, it's, no. it. I, I consider them in the same. I uh, this team's ceiling is astronomically high. Their floor could also be, who knows if if they crash and burn. Yep. But this team is ridiculously talented, and I, I I am all aboard the hype train. Here here are the planes. Yeah, and I'll say I'm I'm not sure how good Southern Indiana is compared to Moorhead State, but the team I saw in the first half against Southern. 
Indiana was a completely different team uh, that I saw on Tuesday night against Moorhead State. They looked like they cleaned up all their mistakes. They did not turn the ball over as much, and they were making shots. Simple as that. Auburn basketball takes on ULM tonight. Oh, I guessed it without even looking at the schedule. I'm going to not look at the rest. I'm going to guess that it's at 7 o'clock on SEC Network Plus. Am I right? Uh, you are correct. All yes. right. <laughs> look, look at me. Against the Warhawks. I love Against that name. Warhawks. Yeah, no, that's, that's a great mascot, by the way. Yes. Top tier. Warhawks? It's top 10. <laughs> top 10. Okay, we're going to move into uh, some Auburn football here. And um, I don't know, did you get to watch the game this past weekend, Cole? Uh, Auburn, Texas A&M. I watched a bit of it. Yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, um, hard to watch. But it was yeah, it was only, very. It was only game on at the time, so it was extremely hard to watch. It was awful. Auburn got manhandled twenty to three. Yes, twenty to twenty to three, three was the final. With and no offensive touchdowns in the game. No offensive touchdowns on either side. Um, reminds me of a game I watched earlier this year. Okay. Clemson and Georgia. Oh my gosh! Yeah, I forgot. No, uh, no, no offensive TDs. Clemson, Clemson and Georgia. Nope. Um, let me. Put this out there. Thomas Lynn, if you could pull up the stats to back me up real quick. I'm going to make a claim, and if you don't agree, um, we can talk about it. As the years progressed, I think the conversation week in and week out has been around junior quarterback Bo Nix. Legacy here at Auburn. Uh, Obviously, Dad played here in the 90s. Nix has been the guy for Auburn dating back to 2019. 2019. 19 season, yes? I was going to make sure I wasn't making that up. There have been astronomically high highs. And then there have been astronomically low lows. Saturday was arguably, and in my opinion was, the worst game of Bo Nick's career since he put on the AU, the orange and blue. And I'm including that with the Florida loss as a freshman because I'm cutting him slack for him being a freshman in the swamp. That being said, I'm tired of the Auburn fans putting this one on him on, on Twitter. Let me tell you why. There are 22 starters, plus your special teams, both on, between both sides of the ball. Nix didn't lose this game alone. He's got no help on the offensive line. No, he's got no weapons. Either. Mike Bobo did not call a good game any way you slice it or dice it. Auburn's wide receiving core decided to take a giant step backwards. The only bright spot for the Tigers on Saturday was the defense. Sorry, I got on my soapbox for a second there, Thomas Lynn. I'm going to let you go. No, I I, I agree with you on that. Um, I'm not sure if his play against Texas A&M last Saturday was worse than Florida. It is up for debate. I'm not sure. But to your point, there's no help on that offensive side of the ball. One stat that kind of stuck out to me was the receiving uh, end. Was There was 20 completions. Only five of those completions were to wide receivers. And not a single one of them was for more than 20 yards. Correct. Half of them were to the running backs, check downs to Sean Shivers and Tank Bixby. So, I mean, that's somewhat on the wide receivers. Got to get open. They were dropping balls once again. There were several that would have been first downs, continued – um, progress on drives, but they were cut short because of drop passes. So I don't think it's completely on Bo Nix, but he did not have a good game. He was, I think, leaving the pocket a little early than he had been in previous games this season. And 
the one big one cost him on the fumble that led to the only touchdown of the game for A&M. I got a, I got a question for you, Cole. You said you watched bits and pieces, and you've seen bits and pieces, and and, and I'd probably venture to say sixty-five to seventy percent of Auburn football this year, um, just I, at least through highlights. I watched a lot of the games. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, you had the Mike Bobo experience before anyone on the planes ever did. Run, run, pass, run, run, pass. Can anybody? And I'm not. I'm not calling for Mike Bobo's head. That's not what I'm doing right now. I do need some explanation and some clarity. What is his true offensive identity? Because I have yet to see one. I couldn't tell you. He never. He's never had one. And it, it's all. Everybody always made the joke that his scheme was to run the ball on first down, run the ball on second down, or throw a screenplay on second down, and then try on third and long when things don't go your way to throw some. Deep ball over low the percentage, throw. low percentage ball. That was always what it was. And uh, you think we're experiencing that now at Auburn? <laughs> I, I would, I would imagine so. It's, it's, <laughs> it's not when when he's when he's at his best. He's a pretty good offensive coordinator, but he just gets so he's seemingly he's setting his set setting his ways where he just kind of gets complacent. But he does he's not creative enough. That that was the problem we had for years at uh, Georgia with him is that it was just always very predictable for other defenses and uh, yeah I mean it, yeah you can't have that at Auburn we've we've right. been dealing with that the past several years with Gus Malzahn having a predictable offense and screen passes and jet sweeps and a bunch of that stuff and it's like every week for Mike Bobo and the offense and I think he's called a pretty decent games the past several games and so far this season but it's like are they going into the game is it are we setting up the run to throw passes establishing the run to throw passes or are we going to establish throwing the ball so we can set up running it and it's different every single game and they can never get one going my concern lies in the fact that there's been no commitment in late game scenarios, when you can still run the ball, there's no been no commitment to running the ball. And Jarquez Hunter having four rushing attempts in a single game is inexcusable. Not okay. Inexcusable, especially when your quarterback's twenty now, to forty-one. I would like to bring this back for a second here and and point put this out. Not pointing all the fingers at Mike Bobo either. There's a lot of different things that could have gone a lot differently. And Auburn, I mean, let's be honest, this is the closest 20-3 to three game I've ever seen in my life. There are a handful of plays that go the other way, and Auburn wins that ballgame. Auburn could have taken a 6-3 to three lead, right, or tied at 6-6 six to six at one point, and we missed. You make the statement that Carlson should have hit. That's a field goal from, what, 26? I think it was like 33. 30, but like whatever. Less than 35 yards. Like That's an extra a point Carlson at NFL extra point. level. That also just automatic for, for, for Anders. There were a lot of head-scratching moments that just didn't make sense it was one of those games that all it all it took to get over the hill was just one big play making that field goal getting some momentum scoring one touchdown turning the making them turn the ball over one time could get the ball rolling and nothing happened it was just the same old same old the entire game until Texas A&M finally turned Auburn over and 
it's still the deal. All right, gentlemen, question since we're on the A&M conversation. And obviously we're going to loop. We may loop back to A&M later. Just depends on how the show flows. You know how it goes in the later blocks. But this is relevant. Auburn's SEC championship dreams are gone. Period. End of conversation. No longer going to the SEC championship. Can't happen. Theoretically can. Won't. Not going to. Not going to. So, we, uh, what, has, what we have on our hands now is successfully Auburn will determine if Alabama or A&M goes to the, uh, to the SEC championship based on the outcome of the Iron Bowl. Does A&M stand a better chance against the University of Alabama to take down UGA? Because now they are on a warpath to where all they need is for, they're the biggest fan, Auburn fans in the world right now, is for Auburn to take care of Bama. And then they've got a shot. So you're saying you're asking if A&M is better to beat? Do Georgia? they match up better against Georgia than Alabama does this year? This year in in 2021. No, I think Alabama having the stronger offensive team would give them the better chance. I think Georgia's defense would give Calzada nightmares, and he would he would throw like. 13 to 31 for like 100 yards. That sounds right. Yeah. I mean, no, I, I had to say Alabama still has the better chance because their offense has a. Even though they didn't play well against LSU, they've not played well against a bunch of opponents this year. There's a couple teams. Let's that not have forget that well. they were really slow to get rolling against Mississippi State. I, I still think their offense is still more explosive than Texas AM and would have a much better shot. I agree with that. What do you think, Thomas Lynn? I completely agree. I think the difference between the two schools is Alabama's offense is a lot better, and I think it's more consistent than A&M's and would play a bigger factor against Georgia, even though I don't know if either team is going to compete that well with Georgia. They just look so dominant this year. And we're going we're gonna to come back to UGA later in the show, obviously. But my question for you all now is, say Auburn takes care of business, beats Bama – a&M wins out, goes to the SEC Championship, and somehow they take care of business and upset Georgia. Does A&M make the college football playoff? Yes, the winner of the SEC, regardless, goes to the college football playoff. Okay, so you would in, say in, in any scenario, 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 and in that scenario, Georgia also gets in. I was about to say A&M yeah. and Georgia both getting in. Yes, all Georgia's got to do is win until the SEC Championship, and they're going to the college football playoff. Absolutely, yeah. They don't even have to win the SEC. Matter of fact, they play Bama. It's probably better for them if they don't. Right. Beating Bama twice in a year is a whole lot harder than doing it once. <laughs> right. Well, if we if we got if we well if we get to the title game, we beat and we beat Alabama. We won't have to play them twice. They'll have two losses. And oh, if you if you get if, if it's against SEC, I'm saying oh you got a good point. I'm sorry. You're right. The only way that they would y'all would play Bama twice, Georgia would play Bama twice, would be if Georgia's the one loss going into the college football playoff. My bad. I apologize. Yeah. I'm not. I'm sitting here not used to Bama having a loss before the Iron Bowl. Right. <laughs> so you know how that committee does, though. Alabama goes into that game one loss, loses to Georgia by one point. I wouldn't be surprised if they snuck them into that playoff. Well, a couple of years ago when they had two losses, they kept them way out, put them in the Outback Bowl against Michigan. They put them in the uh, Citrus Bowl against Michigan. Citrus Bowl, whatever it was. So I don't think I don't think they're that biased where they would put them in over a one loss for undefeated champion of a conference. Tell us what you think if you're listening back home. Tweet at us at TNT in the AM. That's at TNT in the AM. 
make sure to let us know who's who's in. Who's your top four? Can Georgia lose to anybody? Because we're going to talk about that later. What's your favorite Thanksgiving food? Let us know because we're going to talk about that when we come back from break. Stay locked in right here on Weagle 91.1 FM. You're listening to TNT in the morning. We'll be right back with you. Happy Thanksgiving early from TNT in the morning. We're back on the third block of our show right here on Weagle 91.1 FM. And you know what that means, Thomas Lynn? Not time for your for everyone's favorite segment yet. It's time for everyone's second favorite segment. Right? I don't now. know. This week it might be my favorite. It might be my favorite too. We tweeted out yesterday to ask you guys what your favorite Thanksgiving meal was because we had this whole like long going pumpkin thing about pumpkin patches last month, and then people were giving us a hard time about ice cream the month before that. So we decided that since people hate it, we're going to do it. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. So we we said that we want everybody to reply with their favorite Thanksgiving food. We've got some good answers. First off, let's go around the table. Just, just go ahead and just say it, so we don't, we don't discuss yet. We'll, we'll go, I want to go through the thread of our responses. Uh, Cole, favorite Thanksgiving food? I like turkey and dressing, but I'll take if it's just by itself. I'm taking ham over turkey. Ham over turkey. Okay. okay fair enough. Okay. I think it's juicier. It's more flavorful. I think turkey's kind of turkey's good, kind of bland. Okay. I got you. That's fair. Mine is dressing, but Sister Schubert rolls are right there on them. And I have a little fun fact. I may or may not have eaten 26 Sister Schubert rolls in one Thanksgiving. <laughs> That's incredible. Um, yeah. What? What happened was they left them out at the table. How after old everybody you? got done, Probably like 10 <laughs> or something like, <laughs> something like that. Look, I was a fat little kid. Here's the thing. They left them out at the table, okay? Well, we get done eating dinner. Everybody's like watching TV or whatever. Well, all the like kids, grandkids and everything, we start playing hide and go seek. So what do I do? So you, Every you, time you I run by the basket of rolls, I'd grab three or four and go hide. <laughs> <laughs> so it accumulated itself after several rounds of hide and go seek. And yeah. That's incredible. You're a hide-and-go-seek uh, Sister Schubert roll thief over here. I'm actually with Thomas Lynn. Give me all the dressing. My mom makes the most kick. I'm, not, I, I'm on live radio. The best best dressing. <laughs> That's how good it is. When you, when yeah. you know what you, you got to say. You got to stop yourself, yo. Um, everyone in my family can cook, really. Like all, all, like can you my, cook? No, no. But like my mother, my grandmother. My dad can. My dad's a great cook. Um, so we really... We really luck out. I'm a huge dressing guy. I think dressing takes the cake for me. Um, chicken and dumplings are something that is unique to our family that we do sometimes. I like that. Um, and when they're homemade, they're really good. I don't like store-bought ones, but like homemade, yeah. really, yeah. really some of my favorite food ever. Let's go through. Um, Cole, have you seen this thread on Twitter yet? I think I've. Uh, yeah, I think so. Okay. I didn't read. I didn't so, really read into it much. I'm gonna just. We don't have time to go through everybody. Um, Billy Ferris said it's stuffing and it isn't close, which I agree. Um, Connor Hendricks co- refers to it as dressing, which is the proper term, by the way. Um, but he mentioned cranberry sauce is amazing. Fight him. Uh, I'd fight him. Over I'm that. fighting yeah. on that. Cranberry sauce sucks. I've always been told it's, ne- it's. I've always been told by my family it's not good. We've never really had it much. So I've never had it before. Word. Uh, Thomas Lynn, what are some of your favorites in there? Uh, my favorite is from Van Allen Plexico. The corn bear. Cornbread dressing. That's I've never had. Cornbread it, but dressing that sounds is awesome. Amazing. It is so good. My uh, my sounds grandmother good. and my aunt both make it. Also, uh, a, bro- a broccoli casserole. People aren't talking about that enough. Yeah, I saw that. And oh, someone did someone say not. broccoli casserole? Yes. Give J Hud the Oscar. 
Oh, yes. Broccoli um, casserole and cornbread salad. Two interesting ones that I've never in, heard of. Interesting one I've never heard of, and we got to wrap up after this because I don't want to lap like take too long on this. But David Salmons said corn pudding, <laughs> and I'm just kind of interested. I just want a picture of it. Is, is that, it like cream corn? You think it maybe it's cream corn? I think it might be cream corn. Because if so, cream That's, corn is elite. I don't Pretty like good. corn. You don't like corn? I, don't. I used to like corn, but then they like stopped making my kind of it, and then I just stopped eating it. Oh, I have to shout out one more person uh, just because he always does good stuff to us. Dylan Lark responded, mashed potatoes with brown gravy are undefeated, which I would agree with except for Thanksgiving. You get unique things that are unique yeah. to Thanksgiving, but I will always smack down some mashed potatoes and gravy. Mashed potatoes and gravy, mac and cheese on Thanksgiving, green beans, mm. big green beans guy here. What kind of pie do you have afterwards, though? That's the question. Uh, it depends. Uh, we, We're big cherry pie people. Have. Big cherry pie family. I never uh, – What's it? What's it called? Key lime. Key lime. Oh, love a good key lime pie. Key lime. I couldn't either. I you, you, are, you a pie? You look like a pie person, Thomas. I I don't mind pie. Here's my thing on Thanksgiving though: is I'll get like two or three servings, so like I just yeah. eat the Thanksgiving food, and then by that point I'm just stuffed and I can't eat any dessert. Yeah, but the so then I go the... watch the Lions and take a nap. Yes. Okay. Sports, bring it back. Thank you. Okay. Lion, Lions brought it full circle. I love how you said that. That segment you were going to cut it at three minutes. It was seven minutes. I'm sorry. That's fair enough. It's the best segment. <laughs> I'm sorry. I didn't mean to run that long. I really didn't. Okay. Now it's time for everybody's. We're going to hop back into athletics. We are still a sports talk show, unless you guys want us to become a seasonal talk show, in which case I am so down. Anyways, <laughs> we are going to now hop over to everyone's favorite segment. Cole, are you ready? Yes, sir. Do you know what this segment is? I believe I do. <clears throat> Clear my throat so I can do this for you real quick. T.L., you ready? I'm ready. Ladies and gentlemen, get ready for Get to Know the Foe with Thomas Lynn Murphy. So, Get to Know the Foe of the Mississippi State Bulldogs. I was going through some interesting facts, and I was looking at it, I was like, dang, they're kind of boring. And then I got to the very last one, which I'm going to hold off to last. I have three points. The very last one is, I mean, we – Got to talk some more Death Valley, if you know what I mean. Huh? <laughs> so, starting off, everybody knows about the cowbells yeah. at, Michigan, uh, at Mississippi State. Great tradition, by the way. Great tradition. Nobody knows how it started. Once again, nobody knows about their own tradition. Even there? Yeah. Dude, like, what? <laughs> yeah, I know. But it started in the 1930s, and then it got announced as noisemakers and were banned by the SEC in 1974. Right. Um. Their fans were clever enough to find ways to like get past the security and like bring them in and whatnot. Clever enough being just like hide it in yeah, your clothing, I, but I, go on. Yeah, but um, clever is a word. <laughs> but then in uh 2010, SEC amended that and allowed cowbells back into the stadium as long as they were stopped once the ball snapped and until the conclusion of the play at hand. So that's their unique tradition is the Cowbells of Mississippi State. And then another one, they weren't always the Mississippi State Bulldogs. They were once known as Mississippi A&M College in the early 1900s. What? Hmm. And during those days, their nickname were the Aggies. So they're the Mississippi A&M College Aggies. And another. Yeah, and then in 1932, they changed the name to Mississippi State College. Okay. And they changed their nickname to the Maroons. Huh. <laughs> Interesting. So I don't know what kind of mascot a maroon would be, but 
you have that. And then they officially changed their name to the Mississippi State Bulldogs in 1961. That's way later than I thought it would be. Yeah. Like, way yeah. later. It is really late. And then really. here is the best fun fact of Mississippi State. So everybody knows that they have a live mascot. It is Bully the Bulldog. Mm-hmm. Um, That's a cute bulldog, by the way. You know, it really hey, is a cute dog. Hey, is hey, it better hey, than Ugga? Hey, hey. it, is, it is cuter than Ugga, but hey, go on. No, 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 That's not loud. <laughs> so it served in the 1960s and cemented, uh, cemented the legacy of Bully Bulldog for generations to come. And then get this. He is now buried under the 50-yard line at Davis Wade Stadium beneath the player's Okay, bench. well, people stop doing this with their live mascots. Like, actually. And people. And people. Yeah. So can we stop? Can we stop burying people under our football? It's I, weird. Um, but he's he's buried not not just at the fifty yard line. He's buried underneath the players' bench, forever connecting him with the university oh. for his life representing. Just the one though. Just the one. Just the one. So there's only one dog. But I mean, that's several football fields that have stuff buried up underneath it. I wonder if there's anything at, under Jordan Hare Stadium. I don't want to know. That's weird. That's it's so weird. weird. Okay, moving into Mississippi State. Thank you for getting to know the foe, Thomas Lynn. Really enjoyed it. Great segment, always is. Um, we've successfully done absolutely no sports talk this block, um, <laughs> and that is entirely my fault. I'm sorry. Isn't that what we're here for? It's <laughs> like the definition of TNT in the morning. That is y'all's job. <laughs> True. True. Question for both of you. Um, Auburn's a three-loss team, now six and three. Fact check me on that, correct? Yes, six and three. Six and three. I was, I, I was three and two to... in the SEC. Correct. What does Auburn have left to play for? And this is not a rhetorical me saying there's nothing left to play for because there are a lot of things left to play for. That they can play for the hypothetical six-way tie in the SEC West. <laughs> it's real. That can happen. There's a certain number of losses that need to happen and team wins. Only LSU cannot finish in the in first place. Darn. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah, there's uh, that is the good. seven teams in the division. All six can still possibly end up at five and at five and three to finish in conference play. Huh. Interesting. I, to, I could look up the losses. It might take a minute. Would, Don't worry take, about it. That'll take the one. But that was something I saw. It was like mathematically, can end in a six-way tie. <laughs> Do I guess if you had six teams on the field to play Georgia, that that might make Georgia beatable. But yeah. <laughs> I mean, let's, let's see SEC that. West All Stars versus Georgia. <laughs> if it's honestly, would be an interesting game. Sixty-six men on the field versus eleven. <laughs> <clears throat> but um, back to what Auburn has to. What they have to play for this year, I'm gonna say they they're still they can get ten wins. And you can get a ten win season, win the bowl game. Correct. That's that's a ama- like uh, that's a great first season for Brian Harson. And you still got the Iron Bowl ahead of you. And you still have the Iron Bowl. The so biggest, there's a lot left to play for. The biggest thing about this week, and and I don't want to go into too much depth about about Auburn um, in terms of game preview and what they need to get done because I think we all agree Auburn needs to. Continue to play the same brand of defense they played last week, and just figure out the offense. It's just that simple. I mean, it's it's the things we've been honing in on every week. So I wanted to take a different approach this week and say why this game's important to Auburn fans. Make sure you're locked in because the Mississippi State game, the South Carolina game. I know there's a lot of a lot of you that have already checked those into the win column and just said, you know, we're going to be an eight win team, eight and three, rolling into Bama, and maybe we'll win. You need to build momentum in the worst way, especially after an embarrassing. I'm allowed to call it that, right? Yeah, 100%. Pathetic loss. What it was at A&M. Say it mm-hmm. like it is. So, you build momentum because let's be real, guys. 
Auburn fans wouldn't be happy for it for a long term, but if there was some weird scenario where Auburn had an awful team that year but went 2-10 and 10 and the only wins were over Bama and Georgia, the fans aren't going to riot. There's something to look forward to, right? Mm-hmm. Always is. Always move towards your rivals. There's a lot to play for and a good bowl bid. A good bowl bid is important. I know the bowl games are losing their luster with the college football playoff and kind of lost their luster trailing off right before the playoff is created anyways. Mm-hmm. But you make money, you get on a national stage, get to build that momentum going into the next year. I, I'm a firm believer in carrying momentum from one week into the next week. I think it plays a much bigger role than a lot of people get a cr- give it credit for. So right, yeah. we're all in agreement. Auburn still has a lot to play for. They have a lot to play for, especially those seniors. Get a win in the Iron Bowl, you'll finish 500 against Alabama. If you can't go to the SEC championship, I would think for Auburn fans, the second best thing would be to make sure the Bama can't either. Right? Right. Right? Your season's made if that happens. Season's made if that's happened. Tell us what you think at TNT in the morning. Excuse me, at TNT in the AM on Twitter. English is a language I speak. Thanks for riding along with us thus far. We got one more block coming up after a two-minute break. We're not going anywhere, so you shouldn't either. Be right back in two minutes. Final block of TNT in the morning. Thomas Lynn Murphy, Cole Johnson, how we feeling today, gentlemen? Thomas, that's the last block. It's been one of my favorite shows so far. It's uh, It's been a lot of fun. It's always fun when you're on, Cole. Thanks for joining us today. Thank you. Thank you. Always, uh, always a blast. Now we're in that last block of the show where we get to talk around the SEC. Excuse me, got a little stuffy, little weather changes going on right now. You know what I mean? I know. That it's starting to get a little cold outside. It is. It is. But, Cole, you're familiar with the way we run our program. This is not your first time on the show. Right, right. We're going to take a quick little trip around the SEC for those of you who are so inclined to hang out and talk with us SEC ball. Let us know at TNT in the AM what you think. First and foremost, Alabama, number two in the country, um, skidded by. I think this is the right word to use, right, guys? Sure. Over LSU, twenty to fourteen. LSU had a had an opportunity to win this ball game. Multiple, multiple, multiple opportunities, opportunities to win this ball game. And I think the biggest takeaway here is uh, Bama's beatable guys. Yes, they are very. Just uh, any Thomas, you don't want to you want to add on that at all? I don't want to like cut you off if you had any, anything to say about the potential of Bama not. I mean, this, it, the, it shows that their defense is vulnerable. You, Teams can run against that defense. Uh, LSU was able to, if they were more consistent in the pass game, I think they probably would have gotten the job done and beat Alabama because they had they had ample amounts of opportunities to beat Alabama, and they should have. It, mm-hmm. They really they could have kicked two field goals if they knew they were getting the ball back at the end of the game and sent overtime, but they had to go for it just like any other right. coach would have. Right. But they, Alabama honestly probably should have lost to LSU. I'd agree with that st- statement. I'm going to move on to another one here, Cole, um, before I let you turn you loose and let you give us the rundown on how much fun it's been to live in Athens this year. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, I have said it time and time again, and I'm going to say it again. Actually, I'm going to come out and say it this time, just black and white, Thomas Lynn. Let's hear it. If you are at the University of Florida somehow listening to Weagle 91.1 FM, first off, stay jealous that we have a better radio station than Gainesville. But <laughs> fire Dan Mullen immediately. This He's not good. blowout loss to South Carolina is embarrassing to, the, to Gator Nation, and it should be. This team was on the right trajectory. Everybody in the world thought Dan Mullen was the guy, 
And all he has done since he's been there is prove that he is not cut out to coach at the University of Florida. See, I have mixed emotions about it just because I've always said that I'd like to see Florida without Todd Grantham as their defensive coordinator. D.C. only does so much, though. And finally, they did fire him after the loss to South Carolina, and they also fired their offensive line coach, John Hevesy. So I'd like to see how they do the remainder of this season and see if they improve at all. But it's almost like they they actually have nothing to play for. So what's the point of it? I mean, how much are you going to see out of it? Because you don't have their replacements coaching. But for Dan Mullen, I mean, last year was his best season, and they still ended up being, what, a four-loss team? Yep. That's That's unacceptable, especially at Florida. I mean, Florida, you're in one of the best locations in the country. Uh, probably a top 10 program recruits in history. love to go there but the reason they don't go there is because somebody doesn't love recruiting them he it's is inexcusable he is known for being a great coach and bringing in three stars and bringing the best out of them, making them into four or five stars like Dak Prescott but the problem is is he doesn't put in the work in recruiting to recruit those four and five stars to come in to Florida and that's that's kind of why I see Dan Mullen leaning. Y'all can tell me y'all's viewpoints on this, but I feel like he's leaning more and more towards the NFL and giving up on Florida. I think that could happen. I think he ends up being a quarterback's coach in the NFL somewhere or something like that. But like maybe or maybe some type of coordinator. But even just ye- just yesterday, another uh, four-star Florida commit flipped his commitment to Georgia. Yep, I believe he's a well receiver. I think and, you're going to uh, start seeing a lot of transfers. It's, from ar- it's already been like three, three guys that have flipped their commits from Florida to Georgia, because Kirby recruits year round, and he makes it, he makes it well known that he loves to recruit. Damon does not want to talk about recruiting during the season. He does not enjoy doing it. Everybody, when he was at Mississippi State, everybody gave him the benefit of the doubt of, oh, he's not at a good recruiting school. Now he's at one of the best schools to recruit for in the country, and he just doesn't do it. It would be so easy to recruit at a high level at Florida, but right now they're ninth in the SEC. It's pathetic. It's unexcusable. really bad. They're below Missouri in recruiting right now. At Florida, that's the top three or four area for high school football talent. Literally. I agree with what you're saying, and you know, I, I finally I've made you wait long enough, Cole. I appreciate your input on the Dan Mullen conversation because I like to give updates on this. I'm going to give you a chance to either confirm or ratify your statement that you made on our show earlier this uh, earlier this 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 fall, um, which wasn't aggressive. I'll, I'll just refresh you. You said, "quote If there was ever a year for the dogs, it's got it's to be this year. If we don't win this year, we'll never win. Simple as that. <laughs> you're you're, I mean, you're still you're still maintaining that. I I mean maybe not not as much, but. Ever, ever, there's no clear-cut number two team. I, I don't know who the second-best team in the country is. We're by far and away better than Ohio State, Alabama right now, Cincinnati, Michigan, Oklahoma, whatever, whoever. There's no there's no team that's really playing on the same level as us. And it's like, man, we got – when I was over here on the show, I didn't think we could win a championship with Bennett at quarterback. I'm convinced we can now. 
the way the way the defense is playing and still at six points per game. One, two, three. You, you can, can win, win championships, championships with, with an average quarterback. quarterback. <laughs> I, I didn't believe it. I'm, start, I'm starting to believe it now. We don't. We don't. This is so dominant, and there's no. There's no reason there's to no, not believe. No, I, it, and I, I don't want to get my hopes up, but <laughs> after watching the World Series, I, I can get my hopes up for sports now. <laughs> I mean, I, I've I've watched a cha- one of my teams win a championship. So now I might get my hopes up now. I, I I had learned to be numb to success in the regular season because I I always knew it would fall apart in the postseason. But hey, the Georgia curse is over. So it, curse hey. of Georgia sports possibly over. You know what's not over? The show. We have five minutes. All right. And, and I know y'all want to get to pickums. I don't want to cut you guys off. If you had another closing thought, Cole, please go no, ahead. No, I mean it's just wow. I mean, it's, <laughs> are we are we unbeatable? Shoot, maybe. I don't know. Are you asking if Georgia's unbeatable? I mean, we're because it, I think you're saying maybe because you're afraid to say it. I, I'll say it. No. I think Georgia's unbeatable. I agree. Uh, I don't think there's yeah, any I, team close. A lot, a lot of the a lot of people online are about, oh, their offense is so bled though. We're almost averaging forty points a game on offense, and we've taken the foot off the gas midway through the third quarter every game. We could be putting up fifty every game on offense. It's it's nuts. I agree, we'll man. Do, hey, we'll, we'll move on now. I'm I'm excited. <laughs> <laughs> word right. word. Okay, uh, I'm gonna start with the bad. Go to the good. That good with you, Thomas Lynn Murphy. That's great. I also want to hear those uh, updated standings. Yeah, I got it right in front of me. Thomas Lynn has surpassed me. That's right. Um, seventy. He is seventy and fifteen on the SEC season. Cole, that is crazy in pickups. Seventy and fifteen. That's nuts. I, I even took Vandy one time. Yeah. just cause. I'm sixty six and nineteen, which is still not bad, by the way. Um, Cole is uh, coming in at four and three oh. on the season. All right, all right so all right. we're going to start with uh, battle of the bottom feeders. South Carolina at Missouri. Oh boy, who are you taking, Cole? To, uh, South Carolina come off a, a big win. I, I like guess. that take. Just roll with them. Whatever. That's the exact same reason I'm going with them. So I'm going to take South Carolina on the road. Give me the Tigers. Uh, give me Mizzou. One for differentiating. Two, I love what Drinkwitch is doing out there in uh, Columbia, Missouri, right? Yes. Columbia, Missouri. Yeah, I, I know this, ga- this game's in Columbia, South Carolina, but that's confusing. Um, so, now we're going to go over to New Mexico State at Alabama. Alabama all around the table, right? We don't need to go into this. No, we don't need to go into it at all. Samford at Florida. I, I don't like them, but I like to, to win any game. I don't like to pick to, them to win any game. But – Florida all around the table, right? Yeah. I would love to pick Sanford and see them upset just like Jackson State did Florida State, but Damn I don't it. think it's going to happen. I'm not going to say Florida. I'm not going <laughs> to sacrifice my beautiful 4-3 record. <laughs> Let's go Texas A&M, Ole Miss. Uh, actually, you know what? We're bumping this one. We're bumping this one. We'll bring it back. We'll bring it back. Yeah, uh, I want to wait for this one in a second. I think uh, Kentucky Vanderbilt should be Kentucky around the table. Am I right? Kentucky. Kentucky. Kentucky around the table. Arkansas at LSU. I'm taking the Hogs. I'm going to take the Tigers on this one. I really, I think okay. they played very well against Alabama, and I think they can ride off that. Yep. I think LSU's been so inconsistent this year. I'll go Hogs. Hogs, yeah. gotcha. Um, now we're going to go up to quickly. Um, now we can talk the Texas A&M. I'm sorry, Georgia, Georgia Tennessee. I'm taking the Dogs. Vaughn, no, the Dogs. <laughs> <laughs> Call it taking the Dogs. It, it can be close early. Our first real. You could say test against a better offense. 
But, I mean, what defense did they, have they played? It could be close early, but we'll pull away. Georgia. Yeah. Georgia around the table. Uh, Texas A&M at Ole Miss. This is the third time I've tried to say this game. I don't like this pick, but I'm taking Ole Miss. Wow. Um, yeah. I'm going to say I, I like your Ole Miss pick, but I'm just going to go with A&M just because they have a lot to play for. Right. And those players know that and know that they need to win out and they have a chance of going to the SEC championship. Who's the home team? Ole Miss. Ole Miss. Ole Miss. Okay. I'll take I'll, I'll take uh I'll take Mississippi. Okay. Yeah. Final game of the final game of our week, our rundown. Uh, we're gonna take we're gonna look at Mississippi State, Auburn here at Jordan Hare Stadium. Eleven a.m. kickoff. Cole, aren't you excited to wake up early tomorrow and go to an eleven a.m. football game? No. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so. <laughs> score projection. Take your winner, Thomas Lynn. You want to start? I'm going to say Auburn's going to have to put up points on the offensive side of the ball if they want to win this game, especially with Mississippi State and that air raid offense with Will Rogers. Um, I'm going to say Auburn has to put up 30-plus points in this game, so I'm going to go like 38-24 Auburn. I like it. Cole? Uh, well, <clears throat> outside of Kirby, Mississippi State employs my favorite head coach in college football. Mike Leach. Mike Leach. <laughs> He's just he, – he, He's so pure. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, like you say, I'm going to have to score some points, but at home, I think they'll get it done. I think they'll score enough to make some plays on defense, score enough, and win by a, a few points, three or four points. I like that pick. Um, this one's pretty easy for me this week, actually. I like Auburn in this one a lot, but I liked Auburn last week a lot to beat A&M, and I have never been so wrong about something in my life. That's actually absolutely not true. Just ask my girlfriend. I'm wrong all the time. She'll tell you. Anyways, I'm taking the Tigers. I'm taking them by 14, and I like them to put up close to 35, 37 points, somewhere in that range. Yep. All right. Well, if that works for you guys, that's going to bring us to the end of the show because we are literally going down to the buzzer. So for myself, my co-host Thomas Lynn Murphy, my best friend Cole Johnson. Cole, thanks sure. for coming on, man. Hope oh. you had fun. Thanks for tuning in to TNT in the morning right here on Weagle 91.1 FM. We will see you next week. On behalf of myself and my co-host, Harrison Tarr, thanks for listening to TNT in the mornings on Weagle 91.1 FM. Make sure to catch us next week and follow us on Twitter at TNT underscore W-E-G-L-A-U. That's at TNT underscore W-E-G-L-A-U. And check out more content from the station at W-E-G-L underscore A-U.